This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is the final day of May, May 31st. We are a day away from June baseball. The Phillies, unfortunately, fall on the second to last day of May, losing yesterday to the Cardinals. Five to three in the series finale. The Phillies still win the series, though, before heading out to LA for the first of a three-game series tonight. We will dive into it all. This is Philly Stam your host, James Seltzer. It is Friday, May the 31st. As unfortunately the Phillies come off a loss yesterday, 33 and 23 now on the season, still in first place. Uh, however, I think you feel very good about the series as whole well as the Phillies yet again win another series. They have won every series since that debacle against Milwaukee here at Philadelphia uh, at Citizens Bank Park. And this, as we talked about, uh, we talked a ton about the month of May being pivotal for us getting to know what this real Phillies team is. And uh, we got a really good idea that they're a good baseball team. We'll dive into some of the numbers from May coming up later. But first, looking back here at uh, the Phillies, a three-game homestand, really a strange scheduling quirk here for the Phillies is they have the four-game series in Chicago, obviously splitting that series with the Cubs, a a fun back-and-forth type of series, a couple really nice wins for the Phillies in that one, one that got a little scary at the end, but ultimately pulled it out, and then they take two of three from Milwaukee, similar to the Cubs series, uh, excuse me, the Cardinals series, where they just handle the first two games uh, at one close, one blowout style, and then lose the last one. Obviously, the last one against Milwaukee, more of a blowout for the Brewers than yesterday was for the Cardinals, but ultimately the same type of script as the Phillies win two of three. And look, ultimately, as much as you want to see the Phillies sweep teams, as much as you want to see them go on a streak of eight, 10, 12 wins in a row or whatever, like the Houston Astros who already have two separate 10-game winning streaks this season, which is hard to believe, um, 10 or more. Uh, but ultimately, it doesn't matter. Look, as long as you win series, you're going to go to the playoffs. If you just continuously grind out series victories, you're going to end up 15, 20 games above 500, wherever it ends up being. As this Philly team right now, still 10 games above 500. Uh, without a longer winning streak of four games this season. So nice to see the Phillies continue to grind out series wins, even if yesterday didn't go their way. Yesterday was one of those ones where you you felt like they weren't going to win it coming in. It just feels like this team doesn't get a ton of sweeps, but hoping for the best and and get down early. Ultimately, it just felt like it was not going to be their day. They did fight, though. It was nice to see. I think in a lot of these situations, we've seen a Phillies team that will come in and almost show up with a lifeless flat effort, whether it's the first game of the series or a last game of the series. We've seen it happen multiple times this season. And the Phillies didn't do that. They did fight back. They get down early 2-0 in 
in the second inning on homers by Marcelo Zuna and then Matt Wieters. Uh, we all got excited when Yadier Molina was going to have to miss a couple games potentially because of a hand injury or whatever it was. Not excited about the injury. Uh, props to Yadi, Shouts Yadier, a great player. But excited that the Phillies wouldn't have to face him. Ultimately, that did not prove to be a uh, a, a positive development for the Phillies as Matt Wieters has uh, killed the Phillies. Home back-to-back games. Had a couple hits yesterday. Uh, scored some runs. So um, Matt Wieters gets him up 2 nothing. The Phillies get one back in the fourth. Get on the board as Cesar a fielder's choice ground out. The Phillies should have had more in that inning, uh, but unable to capitalize. And then uh, the Cardinals put it seemingly put it away in the seventh, a, a Jed Jorko two run Homer. And then a Matt Carpenter Homer make it five to one. But the Phillies battled in the eighth, gave it a go. Bryce Harper singles in a run. Reese Hoskins singles in a run. It's five, three, two runners on. You're feeling it. JT Romuto comes in to pinch it. There were no outs, by the way, two runners on and the Phillies just unable to capitalize. And that would be it. Jordan Hicks comes in and shuts it down in the ninth. And, uh, it, it was, uh, Again, look, uh, you wanted them to win, hoping they would win, but it did feel like one of those games that you thought was just kind of over and that they weren't going to battle back and they might lose 6-1 or 7-1 or even if it was just 5-1, but they battled and they gave it a go there at the end. It made them feel, you know, at least it it felt like they fought hard. And, you know, I thought that was nice to see. And, uh, again, unable to capitalize, but... You take a little momentum, you head out to Los Angeles. It's going to be a tough series, especially this first game, just to play today and then have to fly out to L.A. to play tomorrow. That's a tough turnaround for this Phillies team. Jake Arrieta on the Hill is going to have to really bring it, I think, for them to have a chance. And this Dodgers team, which we'll look at a little bit later as well, so well-equipped to battle right-handed starters. But um, unfortunately, the Phillies unable to take advantage yesterday maybe had with one more win but still some momentum uh some other notes just quickly from yesterday before we move on and and look at the month of may and then look ahead to this important dodgers series in the sense that we've talked a lot about measuring stick series there is no better measuring stick series than facing the best team in the national league and the dodgers are unequivocally both in terms of record and in terms of talent uh, the best team in the National League, and and the Phillies are going to look and see how they stack up. You'd, you'd like to see the Dodgers here, which they will be later in the season, obviously, but you'd prefer it be here than there right now. But, hey, you got to do what you got to do after that, obviously, three against the Padres as well. So there's an, an important road trip here for the Phillies before coming back home. Um, but it is going to be uh, it's gonna be interesting. We're getting the Dodgers series later first. A couple other things. Uh, the end of the game mentioned the the, the game uh, against the Cardinals yesterday. Dexter Fowler catches the ball. It looked like it tipped off a, a, a fan's fingers. The Phillies didn't challenge it, but Fowler makes a catch in the stands and then does a little tap of the glove on the fan. That was fun. I thought it was good spirited. It was. It looked fun and. Uh, uh, you know, look, uh, again, it's a shame they couldn't win. Also, Jordan Hicks comes into the ninth, uh, and uh, Tom McCarthy throws out the stat that Jordan Hicks has 49 of the 50 fastest pitches thrown this season. That is hard to believe. I looked it up. Tehran Guerrero, the other person with uh, one of the uh, 50 fastest pitches. Otherwise, it's been uh, pretty wild how fast Jordan Hicks can throw on a consistent basis. We've never seen anyone like him. Um, uh, even the Aroldis Chapmans of the world, not quite Jordan Hicks in terms of the ability to ratchet it up to that speed consistently. Um, all right, so even though the Phillies didn't win yesterday, I think you still feel really bullish about their performance. We talked a lot about the month of May, and their performance in the month of May has really been 
quite exceptional in the sense that this was a month that coming into it, we talked a lot about how difficult this month was going to be. Measuring stick month, as it were, in the sense of of the way it shook out for the Phillies was tough. They started the month with the second game of a, of a home and home series with Detroit, a two-game home series. They split, but they win that game. But then they have Washington at home. They have to go out to St. Louis, out to Kansas City, home to face Milwaukee, and then the Rockies, then back out to the Midwest, which we've just talked about, to face the Cubs, the Brewers, home for St. Louis, and then they end the month in Los Angeles. Just a really kind of topsy-turvy month against all those teams at one time or another, other than the Royals, are teams that have been at or above or well above 500 records all season long, so or at least the vast majority of the season. So um, it was a month where... You know, I felt like we could learn a lot about this team, how they handled this month, and and look, there's still a long way to go. And you know, you hear a lot of people say, "Oh, don't buy into anything. Look at what they did last season." I think that's kind of a specious argument in the sense that this team is just clearly vastly more talented than the team last year. We all knew that there was some smoke and mirrors to what they were doing last year, and that at some point regression would come back to the mean, but. Um, this year, this team is talented. We all thought they had a chance to contend, and, and they're they're proving us right so far. And, and I think it's something to be excited about. You look at the the month of May, the Phillies, even with the loss yesterday, seventeen and ten in that month of May. That's what happens when you just churn out series victories. Speaking of series victories, in their last ten series dating back past the month of May, they are seven one and two in their last ten series. That's really good stuff. I mean, that's consistency. That's you know, again, it might not be uh, going on a crazy hot streak, but and look, that could still happen. This team has the talent to go on those types of streaks, especially after some trades. Who knows what happens? But um, they are uh, they are having a really good month, and what was uh, set to be a a difficult month for the team, they've really stepped up to the task. And again, you look at some of those series victories, the teams they've beaten. You know, uh, uh, heading out to. St. Louis winning that series, you know, get come uh, winning back-to-back series on the road. Uh, not a great road team up until that point. Winning back-to-back series on the road in the Midwest. They come home. They have that debacle of a series against Milwaukee where they have that great win to start the series. And then they drop the next three in, in a sequentially horrific fashion, worse and worse. But then what do they do? They, they have the Rockies come to town. They sweep them. They handle their business. All close games and gutty wins. And then they head out to Chicago. They win that first one in that thrilling 10-inning game. JT Muta, the 10th inning homer, that great tying run in the top of the ninth and the Gene Zagura hit McCutcheon, that big walk. That was really fun. That was fun to see. And then they drop the next two. The first one, that bullpen-blown Juan Nicasio game. And, and then uh, they get kind of soundly beaten the next one. And then they come back and they handle business. And they beat the Cubs in that next one. Granted, Look, got a little scary. A big lead seemed like it was dwindling, but they they find they end up winning 9-7. And then the Brewers going to Milwaukee after the Brewers beat their butts here in Philly. They go to Milwaukee and they take the first two and end up ultimately winning the series two of three before coming home to beat this Cardinals team two of three. So while this team hasn't hit its stride yet, they have had a really nice month, especially considering they haven't hit their stride yet. And going back to yesterday's game, Jared Eikhoff, not a great showing. Six and a third, four innings, four strikeouts, eight hits. Uh, no walks, nice to see. But Eikhoff, the home run is just killing him. And you look at Eikhoff, you look at Pavetta, who uh, you know we've talked about. I think he had a really nice 
uh, outing after that first inning the other night, and I'm, I'm intrigued to see how he does against the Dodgers. A little worried about it. We'll see. But uh, Nola had a great month of May. ERA of 273 in May after the horrific month of April and seems to be bouncing back, but you haven't gotten vintage Nola all season. Arietta has had some nice stretches and some bad stretches. And then Eflin has been really good, a couple bad outings. But um, the point being that that this team is sitting at 33 and 23 without getting nearly the contributions on the pitching side they've expected. And on the hitting side, obviously, we've talked all season about Bryce Harper. But guess what? Looks like Bryce Harper might be locked in. Had a monster series against the Cardinals, 8 for 12 in this series. Two more doubles yesterday, 19 on the season. He has quietly has 41 RBI. Just so people realize that. Quietly on a pace for over 100 RBI, despite the struggles. Average creeping up by 250. My man is starting to lock in. We've seen the opposite field hits in game two against the Cardinals. We talked about that yesterday. Just continued to go with the baseball. Easy swings. And imagine, imagine what this team can be with a hot Bryce Harper. You know, I mean, that's the reason they brought him here, and they haven't gotten any of that from Harper. You know, we've talked so much about how they've won. You know, he's made a huge difference in terms of the lineup, the impact he's had in terms of the hustle, the defense, the the energy, everything. It, you know, it all matters. I, I've preached the whole time that, that even though Harper was struggling, that we are vastly underrating how much of an impact he's had on the entire lineup and team as a whole. But... Imagine if he starts hitting, which it looks like he could be. This this is what it looks like when Bryce Harper starts to get hot. He's taking the ball the opposite way. He's seeing it well. He's going with pitches. He's not forcing things. That's what we're seeing. And I've said all along that I was, wasn't worried at all about Bryce Harper getting hot because he's going to get hot because he always gets hot. And he's 26 years old and he didn't just start to suck all of a sudden. That's what I felt the whole time, and I feel like it's going to be borne out over the course of the season, over the course of his contract. And I think right now we're seeing him get locked in. I think it's a really exciting development for what this team can be, what this lineup could be. And, you know, look, I think you keep hearing it. You hear the Phillies are going to be aggressive in the trade market, maybe even earlier than the deadline. I think that's absolutely believable. This is a team that certainly built for the future as well, but also built to win right now and is winning right now, is in first place, is in a division where all of a sudden it looks like a lot of the teams uh, you expected to be competing, two of the four uh, have kind of fallen off the wayside. And I'm not saying the Mets and the Nationals can't get back in it, but right now it looks like a long shot. It looks like it's the Braves and the Phillies. And and that has to only amp up your ambition to add to this roster. And the Phillies have been linked to Madison Bumgarner already. They've been linked to other pitchers. Uh, I think they're going to need to add relievers with the amount of injuries this bullpen has suffered. And and uh, I think this bullpen has done a, a brilliant job considering, uh, you know, obviously the, the production we've seen so far. And Hector Naris is, is a revelation. Uh, one of the best relievers in baseball this year. So... Um, but I do think they have to add there. I just don't think they have enough depth, enough guys you can really count on. And Adam Morgan hurt now, which is a killer blow. He's been so consistent this year. So I think they're going to add to this team. But regardless, right now where they're at, 33-23 and 23 on the season, I think you feel really good about this month of May they just had and what to expect moving forward, both from the front office and also from the team itself and the, the potential that it has. All right, coming up, we'll look ahead to this massive – series with the Dodgers. I, I've said a, a ton of times on the show and, and everywhere else, wherever I talk that I always say that 
June 1st is when I really start to take things seriously, take the standing seriously, take statistics seriously, all that type of stuff. And look, again, caveat, last season, we can see things fall off a table for a myriad of reasons, but I feel really good uh, generally on June 1st getting a handle where the season is going and who's good, who's not, and all that type of stuff. And I think you feel really good at June 1st uh, being tomorrow where this team is at. And this is a big series, a big June 1st series here against the Dodgers. So we'll dive into that coming up and a whole lot more on Phillies today. So uh, this is James Seltzer. We're coming right back. We are back, Phillies today. James Seltzer, as we look ahead to a big series. Again, the Phillies at 33-23, and 23, sitting in first place in the National League East, face the team in first place in the National League West, the team with the best record in the National League and a team that has just been doing it with flair too as they are just a talented talented group uh the los angeles dodgers as the dodgers have uh, uh obviously look the dodgers have represented the uh, national league in the world series uh two years in a row and that's not a mistake uh, they should be the favorite coming into the season and they are and they are backing it up last year a dodgers team that that struggled immensely um, at the outset of the season, then ultimately put it together and traded for Machado and did all that. This year, they have come out firing from the jump, and they look absolutely awesome. Look like a really tough team. We'll get into the specific pitching match matchups coming up in a minute, but I wanted to take a look at this Dodgers team and tell you kind of why they're so dangerous, especially for this Phillies team. And I think the biggest reason right now is, is Madison Mumgarner isn't a Philly yet, and this Dodgers team mashes right-handed pitching they have so much talent from the left side of the plate obviously first and foremost they have the clear mvp front runner right now and cody bellinger is already having one of the great seasons we've seen in a long time um just from pure production to this point already my man has 20 home runs already he's got seven stolen bases he's batting 378 on the season uh, all of his advanced numbers are insane. He's got 4.4 WAR already on the season, that which is uh, absolutely ridiculous. I mean, they're uh, the vast majority of players in baseball will not get a 4.4 WAR over the course of the season, whether you're a WAR guy or not, uh, WAR person or not. Um, Bellinger has been outstanding. His walk rate is higher than his K rate. I mean, he is just having a season for the ages so far, and obviously still incredibly young. He's a scary guy to have on an opposing team in the national league but but you add balance to bellinger uh, uh jock peterson just absolutely murders right-handed pitching max muncie murders right-handed pitching peterson has 16 overs on the season muncie has 11 overs on the season um cory seager uh hits right-handed pitching really well obviously incredibly talented they are just a really talented offense especially from the left side of the plate alex verdugo uh, one of their top prospects is playing. He's got a K and walk rate very close to each other, batting 315. He's been outstanding. And then they just throw a bunch of guys at you. They throw the the Austin Barneses and the David Freezes and Chris Taylors. And for some reason, all these guys, they find the ways to make it work. They really play the matchups a lot, and the matchups work for them. They're a really intelligent team. They are a forward-thinking team. They're even uh, missing A.J. Pollock, who's injured right now, and they have done a, a outstanding job of navigating through everything because they're so deep. And that's been the hallmark of, of why they've been such a good team the last couple of years, why they've been in the World Series the last two years, is that they just can keep inserting guys, whether it's 
on the pitching staff where a guy like Ross Stripling, who was one of their best starters last year, was outstanding for them, is pitching in the bullpen now for them because they, they can. They got so many guys. And at some point, I'm sure he'll be back in the rotation. They are just deep and talented. And um, I think that's uh, something that makes him so great over the long stretch and, and, and then just the talent, obviously, in the playoffs as well. From a pitching perspective and looking at the specific matchups, when you look at the uh, – the series coming up this weekend is the Phillies will luckily miss Hyunjin Ryu, who's been one of the best pitchers in baseball this season, as uh, he has a 1.65 ERA on the season. He had that 31 uh, straight scoreless inning streak earlier this season. Um, he's walking people at a 1.7% rate, which is just insane. That's in 10 starts, so that's not nothing. Um, Walker Bueller, they will also miss the young phenom who started rough, but has been, you know, back to being his nasty self, uh, lately as well. And then, uh, the, they will face Clayton Kershaw, Kenta Maeda and Rich Hill. So I, I think, look, I think the way it shakes out, uh, you know, you, you'd like to miss Kershaw and Ryu, I suppose, but, um, I will, uh, I will take it. Look, that, that's the thing about the Dodgers too, is that, that none of it's easy. Uh, I mean, you just look at these uh, these guys, the 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 guys they do have to face. You're missing Ryu and you're missing Bueller, but Kershaw has a three four six ERA and has been really good lately for the Dodgers. Um, not the same Kershaw as the dominant guy who's going to win Cy Young after Cy Young, but still really effective, learning how to pitch with a slightly diminished velocity. Kenta Maeda is having a great season. Uh, he has an ERA at three six seven six and two on the season, and then. Rich Hill uh, is Rich Hill. Rich Hill strike out a lot of guys, doesn't walk a lot of guys. This staff as a whole, also a bad match. Rich Hill, a 2-7-3 ERA on the season. Um, it is pretty crazy, though, when you look at it. A Phillies team that likes to, to churn out pitchers and get walks. Uh, this is a really impressive staff, this Dodgers staff, in terms of not walking guys. Uh, you look at some of these walk rates for these guys. Uh, again, I mentioned that Kendra Ryu is only walking 1.7% of the batters he faces, which is, I mean, absolutely absurd. Uh, Bueller's only walking 4.9%. Kershaw, 4.4%. Maeda, uh, which is this 8.7%, still relatively low number compared to most pitchers in baseball. But for this Dodgers team, he's the, the high man. And then Rich Hill at 4.4% as well. So this is a Dodgers staff that throws strikes. They throw strikes, and um, and that's something this uh, Phillies team is going to have to contend with. Maybe a different hitting approach, a different scouting report for these guys. The Phillies come in maybe, and uh, and maybe a little bit more free swinging because they're not going to get as many free passes against this Dodgers staff. On the Phillies side of things, Arietta on the bump tonight. I, I think I you know look, I, I'm happy that Arietta's on the hill tonight, just in the sense that this is a tough spot for this Phillies team flying out west after a game yesterday a day game they got to hop on a plane fly out west adjust their clocks i'm happy it's arietta a veteran someone who uh look not that that efflin or pavetta the other guys are going to pitch in this series couldn't handle it but uh, i do like that it's arietta i hope that arietta uh coming off maybe his best outing of the season eight run eight innings two earned was just really really good in his last outing you hope that um arietta can kind of step up to the the moment here as this is a big series for the phillies as uh Again, the, the the top two teams in terms of record in the National League squaring off against each other. Um, a big series. Then on, uh, so Arietta against Maida tonight, you like that matchup. Then Zach Eflin against Clayton Kershaw 
tomorrow night, uh, both 10-10 starts, so late night Saturday baseball for us Phillies fans here in Philadelphia. That'll be fun. Much better on Saturday night than on Sunday night when I have to wake up the next morning as early. Sunday at 4 o'clock, starting ESPN game. Nick Pavetta against Rich Hill. It'll be really interesting to see Pavetta getting that next shot here to uh, to see what happens. Is you can make a lot of excuses for that first inning, the he was amped up. It had rained for a while. He warmed up before the rain. He settled in nicely. I'm really intrigued to see how he does off the bat in what will, uh, you know, you can almost guarantee out in LA will be nice weather. Um, I'm really intrigued to see how this one goes. Again, against the best lineup the Phillies have faced this year, will face um, certainly for a while until maybe they face the Red Sox or whatever. This is uh, the best uh, lineup in the National League and a lineup that. Again, especially against right-handed pitching, especially a guy like Pavetta who's struggled so much against left-handed hitters. This is a big one. Uh, I'm really intrigued to see what happens. In general, just a, a monster series for this Phillies team. Really excited. Nervous, but really excited to see how they handle it, how they hang with this Dodgers team. Again, it's still relatively early in the scheme of the season, though we are past the third-way point of the season. Uh, but still not halfway through or anything like that. But still, I think as far as a a uh, not halfway through the season series can go. I don't think they get much bigger than what this one is with the top two teams in the National League and a Phillies team trying to, to a Phillies team talking like they're one of the best in baseball. Now they get a chance to really try and show it against the, you know, NL champs the last two years. The the they come at the king, you best not miss. So let's see the Phillies not miss. Um, all right, uh, we'll be back to recap this series. We'll get to the Padres and a lot more next week. So everyone have a wonderful weekend. Until then, thank you for listening to Philly State right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.